welcome to Purple Keys, feminist collective stories from the pandemic. In this series, we investigate reproductive rights in Poland and Italy, learn about a mobile app which counteracts gender-based violence and how migrant women in Europe found a self-employment alternative to the crisis during the pandemic. I suffer from a bit of depression and I can't stay in one place for long. Sewing has been the most important tool to help me get ahead and live confinement in better conditions. This is Pura Rojas, a 51-year-old mother of six from Bolivia, where she used to work as a primary school teacher. In Spain, where Pura lives now, she had multiple jobs over the years. She took care of children and elderly people, worked as a farmer and in an industrial laundry. For the last three years, she has been a seamstress for the workshop of Mujeres Palante, a space for migrant women in Barcelona. mid-summer of 2020, COVID cases start rising in town, bringing along a new voluntary lockdown. Masks become mandatory outside, and places like the one in which Pura sows shut again. During our interview, Pura wore a red dress decorated with multicolored flowers. It was one of her creations. She confessed she is extremely passionate about sewing and dreams of launching in Error Wars a sexy clothing line for young women. In the course of the lockdown, together with approximately 40 other migrant women based in Barcelona, Pura has been sewing masks through the Charcha de Dones Cosedoras, a seamstress network that offers sewing workshops that try to address the precariousness in the textile industry. The network aims to create a community-based sewing project that could bring financial benefits to its members. It's a sort of collective response to the economic crisis, which it art both personally and professionally. Women like Marta, a 53-year-old Ecuadorian based in Barcelona, who has been a seamstress for three years now. Some years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. My right breast was removed, and since then, my tendons do not stretch. I have a disability because of that. Since I am a person at risk, when the pandemic started, I could not go out anymore. I was cleaning in five different houses. In one of them, I did have a contract, and they all shared its contribution. One of the bosses offered to keep paying me, but I had been working there only four hours per week. So when lockdown started, right away, I found myself jobless. Marta left 
left Ecuador in 2002 thanks to the help of her brother, she was trying to move away from the violent relationship she had with her husband at the time. In the end, it was him the one who left her when he found out that she was diagnosed for the first time with cancer. He used to beat me a lot. He also drank a lot and hung out with many women. It was not life. When you arrive here, you realize it. If your children have to witness abuse, it is better to be alone. For women like Marta Impura, they drive to flee from the abusive relationship and find a new life where their children. The pandemic has been another test for them, as well as for the Seamstress Collective. This network was born in 2019 as a result of a project carried out by Barcelona Activa, the local development agency. At the present, it is formed of about 10 sewing groups in Barcelona and its surroundings. About 100 women share their love for creativity and for practicing this craft. But the collective is also a space where the seamstresses can share and find solutions to their daily struggles. In the words of one of its coordinators, Daniela Martinez Escobar, the pandemic has been a driving force for the network to take the steps towards turning sewing into a profession, which was what they always wanted. It performed the function of accelerating the entire production process of a product collectively, online and remotely. It all started when, at the beginning of the lockdown, Antonella Tossici, another project coordinator and textile professional, did a round of calls to about 60 women from the network. She was inquiring about their availability to voluntarily make the first masks for the district of Nobarris. This is where the sewing workshop of the Paremanel Foundation is located. About 40 of them said yes. When we received the call, the response was positive from all of us. We all wanted to collaborate and we did not know how. They gave us the necessary tool and we felt part of the solution, not of the problem. Marta shares a memory similar to that of her fellow seamstress, Pura. I used to pretend I went to work. I made myself a coffee and at 9 a.m. I sat at the table and started my four hours of work. I felt happy. It is a beautiful experience of unity, even if you do not know the people you have helped, seeing them with the mask you have made, what well, that makes you happy. What began as a voluntary work for their community soon made room for orders from the city council, which for the first time brought an income for the seamstresses. This is how Daniela recalls the impact of this change. When women begin to see that from collective work we can build a project that for each one also means improving their situation, there is a change in the way they relate to the network. We see each other every week. 
On Tuesday, all those who want to part of making decisions will be there. Everywhere in the world, women like Marta with invisible and unstable jobs find themselves without work. crisis hits them twofold. According to the International Labour Organization globally, about 740 million women work in the informal economy and just like Marta do not benefit from government subsidies. In times of crisis, care-related work shows its relevance, especially when schools are closed and the health center collapse. Taking care of those in need falls onto women's shoulders more than ever. Valeria Esquivel, feminist economist and at the present senior employment policies and gender officer at the International Labour Organization, agreed to do this interview in a personal capacity, not as an ILO officer. Typically, other crises in the past uh, impacted manufacturing and trade and afterwards, as a second round of impacts, they would um, impact service sectors and women's jobs. And then in further down the line, because of cuts in uh, public budgets, they would impact in particular women because of the contraction of, of health and education and other care services. This is, this is a world that has gone upside down. So this is a world where uh, those services have been impacted immediately, like um, due to lockdowns. The few time your service we have indicate that the care burdens that families are experiencing have skyrocketed and and where women have been fortunate enough to be able to keep their jobs and to do teleworking they are assuming uh, working days that are endless and with very little time for for rest within countries we see also that Aside from the sectoral perspective, what, which I was ex explaining before, that there are some sectors um, that are hard hit as compared to others, and those sectors are dominated by women, then across sectors is some group of women that are more impacted. Because, uh, and that is in, in, in particular associated to those who are in informal employment or who were in informal employment because those women are the ones who lost their jobs almost immediately because they lost their um, capacity to generate income. We also identified migrant women and in particular, um, for example, domestic workers where they don't only lose their jobs but they might, and, and their means and their livelihoods, but also they don't even, sometimes they don't even have a place to go. And if they come back to their countries of origin, they are jobless and, and they lost what they had. Crises don't hit everyone equally, with the less privileged one tending to pay a far greater price. And the people who live in the street, 
We do they stay. Staying at home is totally a class privilege. Luckily, in quotation marks, I did not have such a hard time. The network gave me food, uh, some organization gave me money, and I did not drown. But I do not have children. Some of my mates, who were facing violence within their homes, with four children and nowhere to go, well, they had a really bad time. For a sex worker, for instance, stay at home literally means stay without food. Her name is Nati. She's a 32-year-old Brazilian who had been living in Spain for 18 years now. Engaged in anti-racist and social movement, she preferred to not share her last name. She explained she had a judicial resolution pending because of her activism. This terrible socioeconomic crisis we are experiencing due to the pandemic brought several collectives to get together, worrying how the most vulnerable collectives, like single mothers, sex gender dissident people, sex workers, trans and travesti, always forgotten when subsidies are provided, could manage to survive during lockdown. During lockdown, Nati has been delivering food and hygienic products for children and adults through an initiative called Anti-Racist Care Network. The network set up an anti-racist resistance box, which is basically a donation box. During the first post-lockdown phase, it could be found in a several of Barcelona shops, where through private donations, it would hold money for the ones most affected by pandemic. The project also involved getting help from Barcelona Food Bank, which during lockdown allowed the network to provide nourishment to almost a thousand people. Nati explains how there were weeks when they had to say no to more than 300 people because they had no food left. She adds that many people who benefited from the network's help have started to help themselves by distributing food, unloading food trucks and delivering foods to the neighborhoods. Truth is that on the one side people's response to the resistance box and the food donations has surprised me a lot and in a positive way. Thanks to the money we received, we were able to deliver a more complete food basket. People have found their own way to tackling the issues the pandemic brought by self-organizing at different levels. From helping their peers with the basic needs to making masks like Marta and Pura and their work with the Semstress Network. Many around Europe have tried also address the issues of gender-based violence in people's homes places which were supposed to serve as a shelter during the lockdown. 
Quando, quando c'è stato il lockdown, eh, per noi è stato subito evidente come l'invito a restare During a casa. Lockdown, it was evident that staying at home was not safe for everyone. Therefore, we took action to seek solutions that sought to maintain a connection between women who were on the path of escaping violence and for those who were at home with their abuser. We carried out a series of interviews with anti-violence centers to understand how we could put ourselves at service. We have expertise in this sense and we wanted to understand how to apply it at a time when the bridge between services and women was cut. Chiara Mistico is a social researcher and co-founder of Chain Italia, the Italian chapter of a global charity that leverages technology to empower women against gender-based violence in the domestic sphere. During one of these interviews, one of the operators made us understand that what we had to insist on was a neighbor, the closest reality. And so we put together this guide with several steps on how to intervene when we realize that on the other side of the wall, there's a woman who is living in an abusive relationship. The guide explained how to understand the signals, how to intervene in a sensitive and careful way, and how to build solidarity networks. Reinforced solidarity threats as a tool against the male chauvinist violence that take place within the home. Chiara and the other activists from CHAIN wrote a neighborhood guide with the goal of giving useful advice on how to identify signs of abuse. The aim was to build networks of trust among neighborhoods so when people face violence, they can feel comfortable to share it. What we want now is to have other products besides masks. Mm, schools, mugs, uh, backpacks, uh, clothes for nursing homes. That's also something we can help with. Back in Barcelona, Marta Pura and the other women of the network know that producing masks is a job with an expiry date. They are now planning on turning the project that was born during the lockdown into a solidarious, horizontal and long-lasting alternative for them. I am creating a youth design chain, one with new models that will project especially what is juvenile. I have my two girls. It serves as a sample and publicizes it with their friends. This is what I'm doing Purple Keys come to an end with the dreams of Marta and Pura who overcome gender-based violence and have found new professional pathways by getting together. This series presented stories about ideas of solidarity, resilience and synergy in a times of crisis, told through a feminist lens. 
as we learn throughout these serious stories for complex and structural problems, there are no easy solutions, as the economist Valeria Esquivel also explains. We need everything. We need the solidarian initiatives and the, for example, social solidarity economy, which has lots of experience also in providing care services. We need the labor market policies, we need the, the income support policies, we need the macro policies, we need the industrial policies. We need all those working coherently to increase well-being and, or, and to counteract as, as much as possible the deleterious effects of this crisis. Purple Keys was created by journalists Elena Ledda and Monica Pelliccia with the help of sound designer Andreu Quesada. The series is supported by the Stars for Media pilot project. A special thanks to all the people who share their experiences and knowledge and to the Ariat Andaye also for allowing us to reproduce her songs. <laughs> <laughs>